1: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions, and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria.
0: Hi, this is Lily, and today we have the pleasure of having our very first educator on the podcast who is certainly mastering leadership. 2017 has been a busy year for Anthony Virgilio, as he literally and figuratively navigates the path to success as a husband, new father, music educator, and aspiring administrator. At the age of 35, he finds himself at the critical point in his life where major decisions regarding his professional and personal life will immensely affect his future. Ten years in public education have provided a unique set of experiences that have shaped the educator he has become. During the first chapter of his career, Anthony developed and implemented a guitar program, music technology elective, and taught students ranging from grade 6 through 12. He has now served in three of the four secondary buildings in the Great Neck Public School District. As a teacher leader, Anthony chairs a technology committee, teaches staff development courses, and recently completed his master's degree in educational leadership. He has aspirations of attaining a formal leadership position in the future. Anthony is grateful for the love and support of his wife, Lisa, and for their nine-month-old son, Vince. It is an honor for him to be the first teacher guest on this podcast, and it is a great honor to have him. So welcome, Anthony Virgilio. How are you? I am doing well.
1: I'm excited to be here right now.
0: Well, we're so happy to have you on our podcast and our first teacher on our podcast. And as you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. And we want to do that today by asking you key questions. So are you ready to pour into our listeners?
1: I am. I'm very excited to be the first teacher on here. I've listened to many an episode, and I'm kind of humbled that you've had some amazing guests on your show.
0: Well, you're another one. Anthony, (laughs) you know, it's my opinion that as an educator... You are the most important leader for the students. You have the ability to influence them, to influence their families, to influence peers and other leaders there. So can you share with us a bit about your journey, what you're doing now, and your aspirations to grow as a leader?
1: Sure. Well, I started as a guitarist, really, in high school. If you go way back, I was a dreamer. I was an aspiring touring musician. And I went into education because it was a good way, a kind of a guarantee that I'd put food on the table. So <laughs> I didn't come to it from a place of passion back then. I, I wasn't born feeling that I would want to be an educator. But yeah, I did that. And so I, um, as a guitarist, I ended up going the band route because you have to choose band, chorus or orchestra.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I uh, was lucky enough to begin my career in Great Neck Public Schools, which I'm still in today. My mother helped me get my first interview. So I have to give her a shout out. Is she a
0: teacher as well?
1: My mother works in the main office. She's a secretary in the main office in South High. One of the
0: most important people. Yeah, and you know
1: I'm very grateful to her. But yeah, started out as a point two teacher teaching band. Mm -hmm. But as a guitarist, I had the opportunity to start a guitar program after that. I got my master's in music technology. I started a music technology elective at the high school level. I've been in multiple schools. They've got two middle schools and two high schools in Great Neck. Mm -hmm. So I started teaching at South Middle, then moved over to full-time South High. And now I'm split this year for the first time, which is different. Um, And a little bit of a challenge at times because I've got that 20-minute commute in the middle, which definitely cuts into the prep time. But I'm split between South High and North Middle School, and I'm teaching a total of 7 preps uh, 6 of them happening simultaneously so i am juggling <laughs> yeah it's been a challenge and a lot of the courses are new cuz this is the first time that i'm in the position but
0: well as a musician you're used to juggling aren't you
1: i am yeah, that's that's what happens to music teachers nowadays we have, we have all these different classes all the time so mm-hmm. i guess it plays into time management and yeah so that's kind of where i am now you know and i feel kind of like i just finished the first third i mean i'm in year 11 Mm-hmm. And I'm um, kind of starting the second leg. I put 10 years into teaching and, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. I love where I am.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm
1: just always keeping my eyes open for growth opportunities at this point. Yeah. got my, Looking to
0: influence more people, seeing how you can expand on your leadership, right? I am.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting crossroads. Like I wrote in my summary, I don't know exactly where it is. There's not a clear path for me within the next let's say three, four or five years, mm-hmm. which is hopefully when I envision myself doing something in more of a leadership capacity, you know, so.
0: But you did um, complete your ed- administrative certification. So certification. you have that in your future. You're planning that. You don't know how you're going to get there, but it's coming along. Yeah, okay. That's the
1: journey. Yeah, that's definitely the exciting part. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, great. Now, how would you describe your leadership style?
1: I'm very collaborative, I'm very relationships-based. I do this in the classroom with my students. I always want to get to know everybody in the room in every class I have. I mean, do the basics, of course, like learn names, but then make it a point to talk to all my students whenever I can about their weekend, about their plans, about their passions. Mm -hmm. And I try and infuse that into the lessons I develop. That's big for leadership, too. There's this quote, who's the smartest person in the room? the room itself and I that totally resonates with me. You know, I never feel like I'm a type of leader who wants to lead by force or dictate. Right. I want to get ideas from everybody around me and hopefully come to some new better conclusion that I would never think of on my own. Mm-hmm. You know. That's more of a leadership side of it, but I value people. Of course, relationships first and that's in either setting.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you know the work of John Maxwell.
1: You know, I'm familiar with one of his books, The 21 irrefutable qualities of a leader. I read that book. The 21
0: Um, irrefutable laws of leadership and then there's the 21 indispensable qualities of a leader.
1: Um, I think I read the second one. I'm going back about five years now.
0: Okay, and the the reason why I bring it up, Anthony, is because you mentioned two things. He says that leadership is about influence, nothing more, nothing less. And when I think about how you lead your class, right, and I think about when you want to get to know your students, and you also said that you value them. And those are two qualities that are necessary to be an effective leader. So I want to tell you that. Props to you, because you've learned that and you've gotten the heart of a leader. And so my next question is, which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why?
1: All right. So I have two. Mm -hmm. One of them I just dug through and I just pulled out yesterday and one the ones kind of closer to my heart. So the first one is the function of leadership is to produce more leaders, not more followers. Mm. And I just love that. And I love the idea of empowering those around me, you know, and if given chance, that's certainly what I would try and do, you so, know, letting people run with their strengths. Mm-hmm. And really that one kind of resonated with me a bit. And then the second one is be yourself. Everyone else is taken. <laughs> And that's something that I'm always trying to do. You know, I I think I approach life and teaching. There's no classroom quite like a music room. It doesn't exist, especially if you're teaching band, orchestra, chorus. It's a different world, you know, in the arts. You know, and a lot of the leaders that I've come in contact with, they went through the core subjects, you know, your math, English, science, social studies teachers. And so I'm coming at it from a different perspective. It's Mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing.
0: You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of conductors and really good conductors really get to know the people that they're leading. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking about you as I'm thinking about this as a conductor, these conductors yeah. <laughs> who, who really know their students and know their strengths and challenges and kind of lead them, not just with. Yeah.
1: There's with, a lot of parallels.
0: Yeah. You're picking so that, out
1: music. You've got to know who your players are as a band instructor. What? If I've got a brilliant trumpet section, I'm going to challenge them and make them shine. You know, if I've got a weak percussion section, I'm going to make sure not to pick a piece with too many parts or parts that are over their heads. It's definitely some parallels.
0: And so that certainly sets you apart from people who do teach core subjects. It sets you apart in that you do have a different perspective. And I think that's extremely valuable. That's awesome. It is. Um, So, Anthony, what type of leader are you inspired by and why?
1: The first thing that came to my mind when I think about this question is I like visible leaders. I like the mayor, so to speak. You know, the one who knows all the parents well, He's or she, is waiting at the entrance when the students are walking in and going home. Also, I, you know, I like when leaders are down to earth. I like when they're approachable. You know, the title of a leader in itself can sometimes make people feel intimidated, but I'm thinking of assistant principals in, in my schools. Whenever I have someone that I can just feel unintimidated by as a teacher, or hopefully my students would feel unintimidated by me. That's the best place to be because you could really be yourself, you know, when you're talking to those people and you're not intimidating, and the brain doesn't shut down because you're nervous. And so I feel like those are just key qualities that I'm drawn to, you know, and also trustworthy.
0: So visible, approachable and trustworthy. Those are great.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm inspired by those people, too, because when you're visible, then you know that that leader is connecting with people when they're approachable, then you can ask the questions and get the help that you need. I love all those. Thanks so much for giving us that insight. So here's a question that can change through the decades, right? Through, okay. Through yeah. time. But so far, what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: I was having a conversation with my father the other day. I'm considering um, getting my doctoral degree in educational leadership or something of that nature now. So, and that's a huge decision, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know it's going to be a big time commitment and I know I want to do it. I'm wondering if it's the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling my father and I'm just, should I do it? Should I not do it? He was telling me to go for it. But the other thing he said to me, he said his grandfather, my great grandfather, he wrote something in my father's high school yearbook and he wrote, knowledge yields the greatest dividend. And hmm. so I'm talking to him about it. He's like, yes, well, knowledge is the greatest dividend. And he started telling me that story. And I'm just like, you know what? You're right. You know, it's an investment in myself. And it's got me to the point where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And why not? So I know, he pushed me over the fence, I think, with that. Okay. Like, so my father's good like that.
0: It, that's in the works then.
1: That would potentially happen in September. I'm on spring break right now. I've been working on the application process well, and whatnot. Great.
0: All the best. Yeah. And we'll have you back on, I'm sure. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So as a band leader or as a band teacher, you've put students in teams. What does it mean to have a good team and how do you build one?
1: I think you have to look at a lot of things as far as students go. You have to look at personality types. I think to this club I have, my contemporary music club, Mm -hmm. and I like to always group students based on their interests as well. We have a full scale battle of the bands that I advise and really? oversee yeah um, from my club, and we come an annual event, and so I form bands and you know, I give them the stage I facilitate the whole thing and and when i 'm thinking about that um, and I'm forming those groups i'm thinking about those personalities i'm thinking about instruments they play, types of music they're interested in. But then as that relates to team building, there are differences. I think bringing together people from different walks of life, I'm towing the line between leadership and teaching here.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: I think having the shared vision and then having the different skill sets and bringing them to the table, for me, I think that really ensures that the team will kind of thrive.
0: That makes sense. So can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it has shaped your life?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was when I first went to school for my advanced certificate and leadership. It was definitely a challenge to complete the program, but it changed my life because I came to it as a music teacher. Mm -hmm. Like I said, education's really come to me over time and the love of it really grew over time. And I just went to it, you know, if I'm speaking honestly, I went to it to move up the salary schedule. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, hey, maybe one day I'll want this. And then, you know, I went through the two year program and somewhere along the line, you know, it just changed my whole view. Just seeing education through the bigger lens and it just started seeing the big picture. And I started thinking about, you know, all of it. I just started really loving it. So that was definitely a challenge that reshaped my professional life. Mm
0: -hmm. So it was a challenge to you because of the time commitment and balancing all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was classes four to nine, you know, a lot of different papers to write and projects on top of a full time teaching mm-hmm. career. And, That's, you know, <laughs> that'll so, do So, that.
0: yeah, yeah. So, do you remember what it was that shifted you? There's either something you read or something someone said or something that was mentioned or shared.
1: I don't think it was one thing for me. It just happened over time, uh-huh. okay. and I just found myself just really getting into a lot of the different readings and classes. And before I knew it, I was kind of there. It almost happened in my subconscious, almost. Uh-huh. And then when the program was done, it was like, like I kept studying. Like I keep reading up <laughs> on leadership. Like I am just get enough. It, yeah, I'm just doing it for fun now. And I'm like, right. where, who am I? Like, where did this come from? you know, again, coming from that background, I, I right. wanted to be the rock star. You know, so this it's just... love
0: of learning and continuing to learn just grew.
1: Certainly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Awesome. Great. So can you tell us about one of your greatest successes and how it has shaped your life and the life of those around you?
1: I think just being a father. I'm a new father. Yes. If you can call that a success, I'd like to think it is.
0: It certainly is.
1: Yeah, and that has completely rearranged my priorities and it's forced me to mature a little bit. You know, I've got less time for my friends and it's really forced me to manage my time in different ways. It's changed the way I work too. Like now I used to be the type of person that had to finish what I started every time I sat down. Now, I'm, you know, I chip away at everything.
0: Right. Oh. Little sleep, huh?
1: Yeah, I have a decent sleeper. Oh. So that's great. I mean, oh, the first, great. you know, four months were tough. Mm-hmm. But now he's almost 10 months old. His name is Vince. And my wife's name is Lisa, who's incredible. But he's definitely made me more aware of my sleep schedule. And I'm like, okay, well, if I go out with my friends and stay out till X o'clock, I'm only getting this many hours of sleep. So that's not going to happen too often. It helped me mature. Definitely.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So what would you tell a new teacher who's discouraged about their working climate or culture?
1: I would say hang in there, but I would say that the first year is the hardest in so many ways as a teacher, because mm-hmm. you're going through that curriculum for the first time. And, you know, not that it shouldn't always change. I told you I'm in a new position this year, and right. so it's bringing the first year back to me. I have all these new courses. So I would just say hang in there. If it's a first year, wait until your second or third year. Right. Then you're going to know if you like the job get past that first year, because it is the most difficult for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. I know that when I've gone through some of my difficult times, to have someone to bounce things off of is really important, you know, because sometimes you (laughs) don't see yourself.
1: Yeah, anything of that nature would be great. I guess it could come from a lot of different places. I know when I was first starting, I had a good relationship with my department chair and even colleagues over at South Middle, Alan Schwartz and Mark Boshan. Mm-hmm. Give them a shout out. Yes, they were great, and I would pick their brains a lot in teaching. When you start it, nothing can really prepare you for it. It is trial by fire. So yeah, I think having someone to bounce ideas off of would be great. In the Great Neck district, we have a mentor system built in. You do. It's actually through the union, someone that's kind of assigned to you, uh, usually from the same discipline.
0: That's valuable. So I mean,
1: that's one day one way that definitely, if you can create that in your school or district, if it doesn't exist.
0: All right. So many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now?
1: Being a lifelong learner for me means to just strive to be more intelligent with each day that passes and just stimulate my mind with new information. I do a lot of things to this end. So I've been reading a lot lately. I've been trying to read a minimum of 30 minutes. I try and do five days a week or six days a week. I do reflection on my practice through blogging. I started my own professional blog.
0: Really? Where can uh, we find that?
1: So that's AFV, Anthony F. Virgilio, AFVreflections.blogspot.com. I started that. Also, I'm always stimulating my mind through Twitter. As a connected educator, I got really into being connected. And I have, so I have just this professional account. I only go there for professional reasons, just when I'm seeking ideas, mm-hmm. I have a couple communities, a couple uh, group chats I'm in, and we talk about blogging. And you know, we just share a lot of ideas, a lot, whole world of there, people just willing to bounce ideas off of each other. I love that. It um, keeps things fresh. It just goes back to that idea of you know, there's a whole world out there. You know, you can't be limited to your own building, you can't be limited to the people you see every day. You've mm-hmm. got to just be open minded and
0: mm-hmm. expand. That's absolutely great. So, AFV Reflections. Dot blogspot.com Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to check that out. So Anthony, what have you read that our listeners should read and why?
1: Okay, so I've got two books. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Teach Like a Pirate by David Burgess. Mm. Silly title, Whole cool things like an acronym, but it's a great book I read at the beginning of the year. Great for finding inspiration, for finding new ideas and new ways to approach learning. It's a good one. And then my second book is The Innovator's Mindset mm. by George and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I love reading this one because it was kind of both hats. It could be looked at through a teacher or administrative perspective. It focuses on this idea that innovation itself is not only something new, but also something better. And I just thought that was just so relevant right now because so many people jump onto these technology trends and things of that nature and see so many trends in education. But it needs to be better. It can't mm-hmm. just be new. You know, it's just a forward thinking book. And he's great. He's someone I, I found on Twitter, actually, going back okay. to Twitter.
0: OK, great. Thank you. Anthony, what do you do on a daily basis to set your mind for the responsibilities you have?
1: I try and get my eight hours of sleep, first of all. Well, that's smart. Um, Yeah, I have a Fitbit. I'm big on a sleep schedule. So that's the first thing. Okay. I wake up and I do a gratitude journal. It's called the five-minute journal. It has a couple different questions. What are you grateful for? What can you do to make today great? And then there's an affirmation. It's this Mm -hmm. I am dot, dot, dot. You know, and then you do it at the end of the day. What went well today? What could have gone better? That's all it is. And it's three sentences. And it literally takes five minutes. So it's easy. But, I mean, that definitely helps set my mind, especially when I'm stressed or if I have something I want to remind myself to do. I mean, just the gratitude. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it keeps things in perspective. You know, we're so lucky. We're so lucky in the 21st century. We really are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so many things technologically, so many advances that no one ever had in the history of the world. And so you know what,
0: Anthony? It's interesting yeah. because as you're saying that, I can see that it's having those daily reflections that make you grateful right now. You know what I mean? Because often when there's so much stress and there's so much going on, we forget. And so I appreciate what you said because it takes discipline and a practice Mm -hmm. to set your mindset and reset. Sometimes we have to reset, right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) you wake up in the morning, you say to yourself, oh my God, I'm so stressed, work is so busy. And then you say to yourself, I have a full-time job. You know, something basic like that. It, yeah, it makes so much sense. Or, or the baby's not sleeping, I'm exhausted. I have a healthy, beautiful baby. Awesome. I have a healthy, beautiful wife, you know? Mm-hmm. I have a couple more on this Don't one, stretch. if I may. If I have time in the morning, I'll try and stretch. And as I do that, I'll simultaneously try and meditate. Mm-hmm. And just try and be mindful and just be present. Just focus on breasts, focus on just the day. And then the other thing I do is I listen to podcasts, as I found yours. On the way to work, I have about a 35-minute commute. So mm-hmm. I, I do that, you know, three or four days out of the week. And that usually helps wake my brain up a little bit, get get me thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. How long have you been listening to podcasts?
1: I've started regularly listening to a podcast called, and it's a silly title, The Fat-Burning Man. Mm-hmm. I was trying to lose some weight to get in shape for my wedding.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, about two years now. And then um, they weren't always education-based. and right. It started out with that. Yeah, that's all about wellness and fitness. It's a silly title, but it's great show. Right. That's actually where I found the 5-Minute Journal. So, yeah.
0: you know, one of the reasons I created this podcast is exactly that: is we don't have time, right? And so to really see how we can make time and podcasts to me are – Perfect because you can listen as you drive, you can listen as you cook, you can listen as you work out, right? Feed the baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you learn a lot. So I appreciate that. You know, many leaders put in long hours and many teachers put in long hours. Yes. How do you maintain balance?
1: For me, it's a couple things. One, I schedule an hour or so for myself at the end of every day. Yeah, I'm not an administrator at the mm-hmm. moment, but my teaching career is very hectic this mm-hmm. year. So. Sometimes I need to do that. Usually for me, it's 9 to 10. I'm usually in bed by 10, 30, 11, but 9 o'clock, that's it. You know, I turn the brain off. If I didn't get to it, fine. I'm hanging out with my wife. We're going to sit on the couch, maybe watch TV, whatever it is. But I think giving yourself that time to unwind is really important. And to turn it off, I mean, the world can be so distracting. And technology, too, with the phones reaching out to you at every second. I mean, that's definitely one thing. The other thing I do, I turn my email off and I stopped checking it certainly work related too mm-hmm. that the work emails sometimes are what brings the stress too so you know I've had nights where I I'm about to go to bed and then I get an email and I see something about some obligation I have the next day or some speech I have to make or presentation and and I'm like oh and then the mind is racing you know yeah, right. one of the last things I do before I go to bed is that gratitude journal which lives on my iPad mm. and then you know maybe I'm you know, playing fantasy baseball or doing something silly like that. Mm -hmm. But I used to also check email and I've got that work email on that iPad, but no more. I stopped doing that probably about a year ago. Yeah.
0: So it helps you to prepare for sleep, you know, and then to start your routine again. Okay, great. Now, Anthony, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership?
1: Well, first of all, keep your eyes open for opportunities. Accept them when they make sense for you. Mm-hmm. i mean just step out of your comfort zone i've been trying to do as much as i can that so makes sense for me i mean even doing this was something different for me i've never been a guest on a podcast before and i oh, hold your show in very high regard i really do <laughs> some of the guests you've had on here dr bill brennan's incredible tom dolan susan elliott i mean Corey muscar awesome. so um
0: so keep your eyes open do what makes sense for you and what was the last one
1: step out of your comfort zone okay love it i would love say. it. yeah
0: All right. Is there anything that we haven't addressed that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I guess I just want to thank you. I'm definitely honored as the first teacher guest. So hopefully I've done a good job.
0: You've represented well. Yeah, I try. Anthony, I want to thank you so much for adding value, not just to me, but to our listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, leaders. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. And although it's been around for centuries, Coaching to develop effective leadership skills is fairly new to education and grossly underutilized. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary in your professional and personal life. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.